Ah, social media. We all love to hate it. And yet, we can't stay away from this toxic playground. But on today's show, Ben Trenda thinks he can crack this cantankerous social media conundrum wide open with his startup, Good Talk. Ben says he's figured out how to stop the trolls and create meaningful one-on-one conversations for all to enjoy. Investors, well, they like Ben's vision of making social media better for everyone. But if you strip away the bad, you might lose the things that people really like about social, and it'll never get off the ground. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Today's investors are... I'm Soraya Darabi. Soraya is a founding partner at Trailmix Ventures, and she invested in a little startup you may have heard of called Gimlet. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested 45 million in over 100 startups to date. I'm Sarah Downey. Sarah's a partner at Accomplice, and they've invested 600 million in over 200 startups so far. One example, a company called DraftKings. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million, and now he invests for himself. I'm Phil Nadell. Phil's companies have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars, and now he manages Forefront Venture Partners, one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. The pitch for Good Talk is coming up in just a moment. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, let's do this. Hi, everyone. Hi. 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 I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. 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 What's happening? All right, so a couple months ago, something really cool happened. I was watching the Super Bowl at a friend's apartment here in New York on a big screen TV. And at the same time, in my hand, on my phone... I was a fly in the wall in a text conversation between a bunch of current NFL quarterbacks. And these people have played on that field against those same players. And it was really cool. I mean, it was real-time commentary about the game that was better in a lot of cases than what was on TV. Now, to be super clear, I wasn't in the conversation, right? I was a fly in the wall in that conversation. How did that happen? They were using our platform, Good Talk. Ben thinks that a lot of people want to have the same experience. They want to follow a conversation between experts and celebrities, free of the firestorm of random comments that come with notoriety on social media. When they operate on social media, the masses pile in. Two or three tweets, and then just chaos ensues. I mean, you can Google hashtag Kara Jack and see an example from just a couple months ago of a one-on-one conversation between Jack Dorsey, Kara Swisher, where they attempted to have a one-on-one conversation. And if you know Twitter, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't work well. About 30 seconds. Yeah. About 30 seconds. And it's not just the trolls. It's not just the bots. It's well-meaning people that have an opinion. The users on those platforms believe that it is their God-given right to jump into your conversation. And we're saying that, no, sometimes it's more valuable when only certain voices are amplified. 
since we launched uh, our beta five months ago, we've had over 500 high-profile people like that broadcasting to over 20 million followers. And how Pretty much money traction. are you asking for today? 2.5 million to take it to the next level. And what valuation? Uh, well, we'll see what the market gives us on that. So what do you walk us through how the product works? So here's you, how it works. You're pulling up your cell phone right now. I initiate a conversation. Let's say all of us here want to start a conversation. You're going to get a text message from our system, regular SMS. As soon as you reply to that text, the conversation goes live. I have to have your app, right? You do not have to have our app. Oh, you don't. Who, one person does. Whoever initiates it has to have the app. So let's take your quarterback example. If I'm, there's like five quarterbacks in there, that would be a really great conversation to watch, right? But what's the incentive for the quarterback to get on that conversation? Do they get paid for being part of that conversation? No. So people do this for a variety of reasons. Um, in this environment, it's like being on stage with somebody that you perceive to be a peer. So that's the main driving force. Okay, so we know how good talk works for the influencer, those quarterbacks. Uh, but how does it work for the masses? Like, I'm, I'm the fly on the wall. Where am I viewing that conversation? So it could be in our app, yes. It could be converted to an Instagram story. It can load in a Twitter browser. How do I know what I want to jump into? What do I, how, do, how does it all work? You can, I can show you what that looks like. Um, ben steps forward to show the investors how people find a conversation that they want to subscribe to. They're looking at a tweet with a link in it. And if you follow that link, you can go to the Good Talk app. Or you can actually subscribe to follow a conversation via SMS. The next time they go live, you're going to get a push notification. So if you get a notification of something that you already follow or one of the users that's like in that chat. Like a venture capitalist chat, and then you have another one, you're yeah, going to so send that to me. Yeah, so let's say you signed up to, let's say you texted VC to 22415 to follow Brad Feld. Okay. The next time Brad Feld goes live, you're going to get a text, and you're going to open that at a rate of 51%. How many active users do you have right now, and how, how fast is that growing? Oh, it's, it's growing lightning fast, and we just launched the beta in January. It's, it's in the tens of thousands, and we can get more detail if, if you want that. How do you monetize? Yeah, so uh, you, you can look first at the big social media platforms. There's a $67 billion market there. We think that there's a way that you can combine that with a micropayments business model so that you can have a micropayments economy where I might do basic use cases like tipping, you want to customize your profile or you want to do a special reaction that's not one of the existing options, pay a couple credits. And so to be super clear, we're not monetizing yet. For us right now, it's about creating scale. And so start first with this, with this premise. And if you don't believe this, you shouldn't get involved. This is a big problem that's worth solving. And the company that solves it is going to be worth a lot of money. So I understand your philosophy building audience, building, you know, a, a, a mass audience before you start to monetize. I get that. But yeah. you got you to eventually bring in the revenue. So I want to see how that looks. That's right. Here's where we think it gets super interesting, right? So you start a chat and it's related to your business or project you're working on that you care about. You want more people to see it than you've been able to generate on your own. Mm. You pay some credits to Good Talk. We cross promote it now to all these other people. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? And then some of the value of that trickles down, basically airdrops, into the accounts of everyone who viewed it and everyone who created those viewers. And you've got people that now, who've just been passive viewers on the platform, now they have credits in their account. Well, what am I going to do with these credits? I don't have enough to cash them out. I'm going to spend them now. I'm going to customize my reaction. I'm going to do these other things. As that grows, then that should drive continued usage. You're talking about airdrops, like the micropayments thing. There's a lot of like crypto sensibility to this. I think 
I think that's a really interesting thing of letting that value trickle down to the users. Like there, there too many of these platforms have been too closed for, for so long. So I think your head is in the right place with that. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about you. Did you have previous exits? Yeah. Three times in my career, I've been part of building products that generated $100 million of revenue. Um, early in my career, that was a company called Overture. So we invented Google's business model, basically. Right. Yeah. Old user. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I uh, ran a team at Yahoo after that acquisition, um, helped build another startup that we sold AOL Time Warner, um, ran global partnerships at AOL on, under Time Warner until mm. I realized I'm, I'm a builder and there wasn't a lot of building happening in those days. Mm. So I went back and then built the programmatic business at Rubicon Project. We IPO'd that one a couple of years ago and then two startups since then. Sorry, is this your first time being a founder? No. A co-founder on the last two. And you sold the last two. The last two were strategic acquisitions, yeah. Next, Ben tells the investors about his team. He's got people from Cheddar, Evernote, Adobe, even a producer from Project Runway. It's a star-studded cast of early employees. And it's kind of perfect, but almost too perfect. Let me ask you this. I, I'm listening to you. I'm like, wow, I could be listening to a multi-billion dollar pitch right now. But... Aren't you just a feature that these massive platforms can just turn on tomorrow? Like, wh this is a WhatsApp feature. It's a great question. And, and you could think about it like, you know, this is antithetical to those platforms. On those platforms, and you even hear these CEOs when they talk about, like Jack Dorsey talks about the power of Twitter, it's that every user can participate in every conversation. And so um, you can't solve a problem that you don't understand. And if they understood the problem, they would have solved it by now. But why do you think WhatsApp can't do this as just a, I mean, it just sounds like I could have a conversation with you and people could kind of subscribe to listener conversation. In the same way that, that you could share photos on Facebook before Instagram launched, right? I mean, people want to do certain things in different environments. We're the platform for this. Okay. Huh. Ben doesn't seem too worried about the competition from some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And on top of that, the social media market is so locked down that new apps bite the dust every day. Remember FriendFeed or Yik Yak? What's to keep good talk from heading down that same path? Ben tries to answer this make or break question right after we make a break of our own. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Ben has pitched a pretty outlandish idea to our investors, a brand new social media app where only a select few get to comment. But the investors are thinking it's a long shot to try and build a social media startup these days. 
your story right now is reminiscent of early stories that I heard in the 2007-2008 era. But that era is very different from the era that we're living in today. Um, we're oversaturated with mobile app opportunities. The average app is used for less than six minutes a day. So talk to me about attention. Talk to me about awareness. How are you going to get the right users onto this app? It is inherently viral. I'll give you that. But the competition is fierce. So two points. The first part of the answer is SMS, right? So 5 billion people on the planet already use SMS. And on average, we use it twice as much as we use all social media combined. We're an SMS first product, although 90% of the users do eventually download the app. But we just believe you have to show them the value before you get them to download an app. Two is, when we started this, we looked at, I mean, hundreds of companies, like, like your, to your point, hundreds of companies have tried to break into consumer media and have failed. Mm -hmm. We said, let's just go right after the high end of the market. If you could create product market fit with these high profile users, you've got something. If you can't, you're just another company trying to get people to download an app. Right. So we're the first company since Instagram or Snap to create product market fit with that segment of users. How many of them are really famous? Like, can we come up with a scale to be like, you know, oh, yes. football so, so, guys? Um, I don't with, sports, but <laughs> totally. So without um, without offending anyone, like we call them tier one users, and we define that as two things: one, you're noteworthy offline; you're not just internet famous, and you have at least fifty thousand social media followers. So it's not a perfect calculation, but it gives us something to optimize against. This is. A kind of a tangent, but like I'm scrolling through and looking at your phone and looking at some of these conversations. And I just get the sense that these people know there's an audience and they're being kind of buttoned up and not saying what they really think. So like with your example of the, the football players talking about the game in real time, it seemed it, it's a great example because it's like raw and authentic. But is there this kind of like self-censorship that's happening? I mean, definitely. Like, if you were to go on Jimmy Fallon and get interviewed, you wouldn't say everything that you think. But you, in this environment, because it's text and because some of these conversations go on for months, eventually you let your guard down a little bit. I think the hypothesis that consumers are open to new experiences in a way that they weren't maybe three years ago. I think people, if you ask them, are you happy with the triumvirate of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, and whatever else you people have said, I think all of my needs are met. I think there's opportunities. This one isn't quite right for me. It just feels like you're kind of in between a bunch of big icebergs, and I think there's room there. I'm just not sure how much room there is. And I, every time I've gotten excited about a platform that's fundamentally about conversations, whether it was Whale, AMA on Reddit, Quora, it it breaks somehow. Either the conversations become so long tail and esoteric that they can't build an audience, or the monetization piece ends up being harder than it feels like it ought to be. And I think this one isn't quite right for me yet, so I'm going to pass. Thank you. You know, I'm keen to what you're building. It, it scares me how much of this is predicated upon media dollars. At the end of the day, I'm not sure I, I fully buy into the idea that these micropayments will work. Um, it's a pass for me, but I'm rooting for you. I think you're going to have great success, just not for me. Thanks. I get that. I, I never invest in pre-revenue <laughs> companies, but I'm super tempted to do so this time. I, I always say to people that I... I would have passed on Twitter and Facebook had they come to me pre-revenue too. You know, I'm just not smart enough to know that those are going to be big hits without seeing some early indication that someone's willing to pay money for something. Yeah, so I a thousand percent get that. Um, it's not for everyone. Yeah.
Yeah, and, and you, you know, know I, 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 but if the second I have that traction you're talking about, we're yeah. a billion dollars. I know least. that's the problem. I'd love to get in on the next round when you're monetizing, but it's probably going to be too late at that point, uh, honestly. Um, yeah, but you know, it's cool. Thank you. I, I appreciate the feedback and no, the I positive. I really think it's uh, very sentiment. cool. Yeah. So I'm going to pass, but I, I guess I'm not that concerned about your revenue, which is a weird thing for me to say. Maybe I've never said that on the show. I think I'm probably sitting in either uh, 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 a tremendous hit or zero here. And I think I think you know that too. But I would say there's a huge difference between now and 10 years ago. The cost to scale this kind of company, I think has gone up an order of magnitude than what it used to. Uh, right now I'm going to pass and I'm probably going to regret it. No, no, makes sense. And I agree. It's a swing for the fences for sure. So I'm sitting here struggling and it, because so much of this is on the right side of trends. Like everybody's using SMS, like everybody's kind of getting away from the inauthenticity of social media. I really like all of that. And I also don't care that it's pre-revenue. I mean, like, I think you get the users, the, you can always figure out the money later. It's just that like, I keep coming back to this piece about if I want to watch a conversation, it's because I want it to be completely unfiltered and raw. And I, I just think that that's at odds. That quality is at odds with what you're creating because it still fundamentally has this huge audience piece. And you need the huge audience to ultimately monetize. So because of that tension and because consumer, like a lot of people have said, is just a huge swing or a zero, I, I feel like it has to be a pass for me. But I'm just so intrigued by you. And I think I really want to help in any way that I can. Introductions, product testing, like I will sign up today. Cool. Whatever. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks well, for listen, coming it was in. nice to sort of meet you all. Yeah. yeah. Great <laughs> to meet you. Thank you for coming. We'll be yeah. reading about you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ben leaves the room no richer than he came in. And the investors all agree that it's going to be really hard for Ben to build a better social network. I was really struggling. Yeah, me too. There's so much that I liked about that. Well, you can see the size of this thing, right? But I would tell you that to get one of these companies off the ground now is a very expensive proposition. It almost like like something like has to happen that would not normally happen. Like, I don't know, like well, the say, Kardashians all start using it no, by you, fluke tomorrow. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's it. That's all you need. You yep. Well, that's all you need for a short period of time. Um, well, you get enough people. That, that's all you would have needed in 2008. And I see this being something that, you know, it has immediate short-term popularity, but people forget about because I have Medium, I have Twitter, I'm oversaturated. Um, so Barrier to entry is so much higher now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like in back with with Twitter, they did their like South by Southwest launch and that's when everybody started using it. And you would, yeah, you would need a lot more than that. We invest in a lot of consumer, but I would say most of the things we do, they take a much a much more, I would say, adversarial position against existing products. They don't feel complimentary. Mm-hmm. If you're just like, we're tw- like Twitter, but better, then people are just And this was so Twitter. reliant on things like Twitter and Instagram. Like it seems yeah. like there is no user acquisition without existing platforms. So like you're trying to cut through the noise, but you need the noise. I could see the instant virality in this, um, but... I couldn't picture myself as an active daily user, and that's what I need to get over the hump to invest. Me too. Really? You couldn't right. see? I mean, if, if there were a conversation going on that you were truly interested Every in? Every single day? I mean, I would I would tune in for that 
maybe if I was watching the Super Bowl with this quarterback thing, but I wouldn't be an active daily user to her. But there's also like Twitter and Instagram let you do this to a degree and they've gotten better where like if you're following two people or if there's two high profile people, it will raise up those comments and let you see them. So, you know, like I can see when Nicki Minaj likes Ariana Grande's stuff and comments on it, you know? You don't see this copied easily by one of the big boys? I definitely do. Right. Maybe we should put the pitch on that. We should all chat about- We're on it right now. When they're actually playing it. Uh, playing the pitch, and then we could yeah. tell people what we think. Have well, a real yeah, chat. That's oh, that'd be cool. I would that totally would be cool. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Josh, did you hear that? There you go. Super cool idea, guys. I bet listeners would love it. Except, coming up after the break, Ben throws a giant wrench in their plan. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. It's been about six months since Ben pitched our investors. And since then, Good Talk has taken a pretty radical turn. Ben talked to producer Heather Rogers about it. What's been happening with... Good talk since you were on the show. We have decided to take a very different direction. um, And we're actually shutting down Good Talk as a consumer destination. Wait, so you're closing Good Talk? Like, how does that feel? You know, I've been through this a a, a few times and I've pivoted two companies before. Mm -hmm. So you have to be flexible. As an entrepreneur, you have to be flexible. But how does it make you feel? Um, well, that was the, that was sort of like, <laughs> that was the wind up to saying it sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it does, but at the same time, you know, it felt very clear and calm. Hmm. Not that it feels good, but that it feels correct. Almost like I probably should have made this decision a little bit sooner. Hmm. Yep. If you go to the Good Talk site right now, it's not going to load. We've never had this happen before, where a founder gives their pitch, and before we can even get the episode out, the founder shuts things down. Why the heck is Ben closing up shop? Well, here's what happened. When he dug into the data, what he found is that people were coming onto the Good Talk app, they were joining conversations, but then they weren't coming back. So he decided to do a little test, well, several tests actually. And what he would do (laughs) is he would actually turn on commenting for everyone for some of the conversations on Good Talk, just like Twitter. We found that we could get users to come back. We were able to achieve really high levels of engagement when we gave them the opportunity to participate in the conversation. This is like totally antithetical to what we wanted to accomplish. Right. And it led me to the conclusion that 
the thing that makes Twitter successful is the very thing that makes it awful. So Ben was faced with this dilemma. He was still pitching investors, trying to convince them to give him money to build this better social platform. And at the same time, he started to realize that in order to make it a profitable company, he'd have to build a product that he doesn't believe in. We were going to have to become a lot more like Twitter to be able to achieve the greatest possible return on investment for those investors. And that was just going to be a level of friction and misalignment that I thought would create the environment for us to compromise our values every step of the way. So you were saying, like, this thing could totally take off. And you basically walked away from that? So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to overstate that, right? Okay. Because, like, we could get really small numbers of people in these experiments to come back and use it, like, 30 times a day. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. really good levels of engagement. That set us up to be able to raise a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But I I want to be super clear. It wasn't like we were were like, we're not, we're heroes. We're not walking away from like a billion dollars in our our pockets tomorrow, right? There's there's still going to be a lot of work there. Um, And I think we could have achieved it, but, you know, it would have been still a lot of work and a a lot of time and uh, compromising what we care about. And, you know, ending up with something that's just yet another social media platform, which I don't, which I really just don't think is what the world needs right now. So here's where Ben's at. Uh, he's trying to liquidate the technology to pay off some of his early investors. I think he raised something like $200,000. So he wants to pay those people off. I don't know what he's going to do after this, but what's interesting to me is that he can just walk away and start another business because that's the VC game. As they say, if your first or second or third moonshot doesn't fly, no harm done. It's on to the next. The Pitch is hosted by me, Josh Muccio. We're produced by Heather Rogers and Kareem Maddox. And we're edited by Sarah Saracen. Theme music by The Musemaker. Original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder, Peter Leonard, Billy Libby, The Musemaker. And we're mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. Here's our quick disclaimer. No offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can follow The Pitch on Spotify and listen for free or find new episodes wherever you listen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. See you then. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.